Welcome to Coach and Joe. Here I am on set by myself, but not really. I'm here with Matt, a strange Methodist man from Oklahoma. This is going to be a really funny show because uh, this show started off of an email that I got from a man who hated <laughs> the first book that I wrote. Hate's a strong word, but you definitely didn't like it. And uh, in typical Holy Spirit fashion, you read my first book, Signs, Wonders, and a Baptist Preacher, about seven years ago. And in typical Jehovah sneaky fashion, uh, he got you. And, and so I do want to tell the story. But before we jump into the story, Matt, tell everybody who you are and where you live. And, and uh, just give us a couple of minutes of your story. Yeah, my name is Matt Judkins. I'm a Methodist pastor in Oklahoma and uh, been at my current church about six years. It's in a small town, pretty rural Oklahoma and uh, married, three kids, uh, just seeking after the Lord, trying to be a faithful pastor. And uh, here we are. My, my college roommate, he watches all Coach and Joe's. His name is Blockhead. And uh, Blockhead is the reason that I gained so much weight in college. I'm still blaming him all those years like Adam blamed Eve and God. Blockhead is a uh, loyal Coach and Joe watcher. He's also a Methodist consultant. And uh, I love Blocky because he started asking Holy Spirit questions as well. And you, you know what I've learned, Matt, is God really honors hunger. Uh, last time I checked, Jesus never walked around uh, proclaiming he was charismatic. He walked around right. teaching the kingdom. My, my driving passion is helping uh, people in the non-charismatic stream be open to the person of the Holy Spirit, using them in ways in which we see Jesus being used by the Father. So I, okay. I, I want to I tell the, the funny story. So I get an email from you a couple of weeks ago, and uh you didn't like my book seven years ago, so much so that you went on some, was it Goodreads? Tell the story of what you did. Yeah, yeah so I, I heard about your book somewhere, and it you know, had a great title, Signs, Wonders, and a Baptist Preacher. I actually grew up Baptist, and so that sort of, you know, drew my interest. And uh, I read most of the books I read on Kindle, and when you finish, you get a chance to you know, post a review on Goodreads. And uh, I was so frustrated with it and uh, triggered by it that I just, I gave you a two-star review and uh, just kind <laughs> hey, of what, tr what triggered it. you, by the way? What triggered you? Oh, you know, for me, I think it was just seeing the, uh, so I, it wasn't that I didn't believe anything that you had written. You know, I believe the word of God. I believe everything in it's possible. I believe God is real and still active. Um, it was either, a frustration that you had experienced it and I hadn't in that sort yeah. of way, or it was that you were, you know, there was a part of me that's like, he's either making this up or God's yeah. holding out on me. And so, yeah. you know, that, that didn't make me a happy person. And uh, so, you know, I just kind of discarded it and never thought I'd read anything else you'd written. <laughs> they, these are my favorite stories, Matt, because I've been prophesying for quite a while that God is targeting in the Bible Belt region, he's targeting uh, red clay places that have either never seen a move of the Holy Spirit or at least have not in a long, long, long time. Um, yeah. I, got my, I got my divinity degree from Beeson Divinity School, which was an interdenominational seminary. I'm getting my doctorate at Regent University. 
uh, Bridgeway is its name at Bridgeway, the church I'm the lead pastor of. It's very eclectic. Lots of people that grew up Baptist, Methodist, yeah. Presbyterian. And what I am noticing everywhere is that people are becoming more and more and more open to the person of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 12, any man believes in me will do the same things I've done. Even greater things will he do because I'm going to be with the Father. Let me ask you this. How, how did you realize, wait a minute, now the man I'm listening to and learning some stuff from, I think this is the guy that I hated his book seven years ago. Tell, that, tell this story. Yeah, so, you know, when you mention hunger, I mean, that that is exactly where I've been and where the Lord's taken me on, on a journey these last seven years. Um, it wasn't a few months after I'd read that book. Looking back, I know this now. I went into probably the lowest time spiritually, emotionally, physically that I've ever been through in my life. And out of that, I think I reached the uh, limits of my own abilities. And from there, I just knew that if I was going to be in ministry, if I was going to be a pastor, if I was going to really even have anything in life, I was going to have to go after God with all my heart. And so I just, I started in really knowing that I needed to learn how to pray. And if you enter into a journey in prayer, you're eventually going to end up with the Holy Spirit. And so long story short, there were, you know, a few real, I would say, key pivotal moments with the Holy Spirit, where I experienced His presence, where I learned to hear the voice of God, where I started to walk in some of these things. And uh, I was talking to a friend who was on that same journey. And I said, you know, I want to find someone who's doing real <laughs> spirit-led ministry in a Bible Belt sort of region. Because, oh, you know, it's kind of like if you're in the Bible Belt, you're a little bit inoculated. It's like you've, you know, you're resistant to it in some ways in the culture. And he said, Oh, you got to check out this place called Bridgeway. And there's a podcast called coach and Joe. And so I started listening to it and, you know, got interested, loved the themes of friendship with God and hearing the voice of God and, you know, walking in all the things of the spirit. And it was a long time that I'd listened to it before I realized you were the guy who had written the book that I'd sort of thrown aside and, and gave a bad review to. And so, you know, when I, to be fair, when I went back and reread it, I increased your stars a little bit from the two stars I first <laughs> gave it. But, uh, you know, it was just, it was a cool experience to see that kind of come full circle and begin to, you know, learn from you guys and, and uh, celebrate what you're doing there and that sort of thing. When I was a kid, Matt, um, Christmas Day was my favorite day of the year. And I can remember my grandmother, Mama Jane, she would bring a bunch of presents about a week before Christmas and I would stare at the presents up under the tree. And on Christmas morning, I'd rip into those packages. I, I personally think, it's just my opinion, I think that Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterians, I think that if Charismatics packaged power in more normal human ways that weren't full yeah. of cessationalism and oddness, yeah. I, I don't think... And, and I have done lots of ministry in uh, cessationist streams. I don't think that uh, people are turned off to what God is even wanting to do through yeah. us. I think people are turned off with the package in which a lot of this stuff has been wrapped in. Has that been true in your story? Oh, absolutely. The first two prophetic words I've ever gotten came when I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. One was from my mom when I was just a little boy and, uh, she prophesied, she wouldn't have ever called it prophecy, but she said, 
so I have one brother and she said, one of my sons is going to be a teacher and one's going to be a preacher. I've always felt that. And at the time, my brother was in school studying to be a high school teacher. And I was like, man, it's going to be crazy when God gets a hold of him because I'm not going to be the preacher. I promise you that. And then uh, the other one came right before I went to seminary. I was kind of in that place where I was doubting and wondering if, you know, if I just kind of cook this up on my own, I think God's leading me to do this, but is it really true? I got a letter from the pastor's wife from a pastor who I had in high school. He had never had this conversation with me at all, but he said one day leaving church, he said, he doesn't know it. They don't know it, but one day Matt's going to be a pastor and he's, he's going to be in this position and, and do these sort of things. And he had passed away. And when she heard I was going to seminary, she sent me this prophetic word he had heard years before. And, um, you know, I don't think they would have called it a word of knowledge or a prophecy or any of the packaging. It was just that God's real and we hear his voice. And, you know, it, it's not that it doesn't exist in these circles. It's that exactly what you said, the packaging sort of throws people off. Have you had a chance to read my second book, Mama Jane's Secret? Yep. I, I go into basically that a picture of Genesis 1 and 2 is that there's, there's something encoded in Genesis 1 and 2 of what God is like. A lot of people, they don't know they're doing it, but they think that the true nature of God um, is revealed in Jesus. Well, the truth is, nature of God's revealed in Genesis 1 and 2 before we even get into Matthew. So you look at the garden. You look at the garden. What is he like? He enjoys walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He enjoys giving Adam and Eve authority. Uh, He enjoys giving Adam and Eve something to do. It seems to me that God values connection in Genesis 1 and 2. I don't use a lot of uh, really hyper-spiritual language. I don't use a lot of um, hyper charismatic language. I use the word friendship right. at Bridgeway. We help people yep. walk in friendship with God. And if you're going to be close friends with God, this is Genesis one and two, then I personally think that the prophetic should be even accidental. If I'm going to be close friends with God, then when I pray for people, at least some things should happen. I'm not saying yeah. that I've got it all figured out. I, I went out to dinner the other night. I prophesied over a young lady so accurately. It was, it was scary. You know what? Yeah. I never used a charismatic word for her. You know, I even said this. I said, Jane Doe, I'm having a spiritual moment right now, and this could be the Taco Bell I ate last night, or maybe it's God. I think what we're getting at here, Matt, is more people would be open to the raw power of God, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, even prophecy, even signs and wonders. If we would just take a deep breath and realize that God's a God of connection and His friendship with us comes with benefits, tell me what you hear me yeah. saying. Well, you know, I love that phrase, friendship with God. I use it all the time. I mean, I think it really summarizes what this is all about, that, you know, it's not about some, you know, some experience that's not tied with the real world. It's that if you are connected in friendship with God and you seek to see everyone around you through the eyes of God, if you pray or talk or minister to them, God's going to give you insights into who that person is through his eyes. And so, you know, you're going to be having a conversation all of a sudden, just know something in your spirit about that person that you wouldn't know if the Lord wasn't trying to contact, you know, connect with them in friendship through his friendship with you. That's what I love you're saying. I love your word there, insights. I love that. You see, this is where I'm going at with the the packaging of the present itself. 
inside the present is a deep connection with God, friendship with God. Yeah. But if if what we're trying to give people, if we put some weird and even strange wrapping paper on that present, we lose yeah. them before we even have a chance. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are very underwhelmed when they travel to Bridgeway to be a part of maybe a, an event we're doing or they come to hear me preach because they've either seen me on one of Darren Wilson's DVDs or the documentaries yeah. or maybe they've read one of my books or they're a part of Ascent. The closer they get to the Red Hot Center here at Bridgeway, they realize there's, it's not really fancy. But you, yeah. I tell you what makes people nervous, though. And I and you got a little bit nervous reading the first book. I tell you what, there are there's lots of testimonies. Yeah. There's there's lots of testimonies. So when you get closer into the present of who the Father is, uh, if my life's not supernatural to some degree, it has to be superficial. Like yep. I don't think it's this is just me. I don't think it's normal for you to pastor a church, and I don't care whether you're Methodist, Presbyterian, I don't care. There's got to be some supernatural activity of God doing things that you can take no credit for. Absolutely. Tell, tell me a couple of practical steps of how you crossed the bridge into a life of more power. What'd you do? So you mentioned hunger earlier. I, I think there's, there's two words that really stand out to me when I think about who is primed to experience the power of God, and that is hunger and humility. Um, you know, asking God to give you a hunger, um, asking God to, you know, come to you in humility, people who, um, you know, it's just, it's just opening yourself up to the Lord and saying, here I am, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you have me do. And, and really one of the keys in my life to cross over that bridge was obedience. Um, God is going to invite you into things that, that you really may not want to do but it could absolutely be the key to you entering into a whole new world of surrender and openness. And so, you know, sometimes I think it's not that people don't believe in the Holy Spirit. It's that they don't want to give the Holy Spirit control of their lives. And so if you just keep him at arm's distance, then, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a way of protecting yourself. Earlier, you talked about, you know, kind of the packaging and stuff. I preached a sermon about the Holy Spirit and I said, for far too many people, He's the weird uncle of the Trinity, you know, the one that you don't really want people to see at the Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner or at the party. And so because they've had weird uncle experiences, uh, they don't want to have real experiences. And I'll often say to those people, listen, God's not going to ever ask you to do anything more weird than what you see in the Bible. Now, that's not real comforting because there's a lot of weird stuff in the Bible, but it's normal stuff. It's, it's natural stuff that you do through supernatural grace and power. You know what you make me think of? If Jesus was so weird, then why were so many drunkards and gluttons and thieves and sinners drawn to him? There's no way. Yeah. There's no yeah. way. There's something. I may not, in leadership, it's impossible to be accessible all the time, but it's very possible to be approachable. Yeah. And so God, God has shown me over the years the difference in those two things. And I can tell you this. There's something approachable about Jesus. Uh, yeah. I mean, what's it say the end, towards the end of John? There's not enough books in the world to contain the strange, odd, miraculous things that he did. Yeah. Yet a guy like Nicodemus is drawn to him. Um, yeah. Well, a lady. There's there's go a ahead. phrase. Yeah, go ahead. 
yeah, there's a phrase we've been using around here is the magnet effect. And, you know, Christ says, if I'm lifted up, I'm going to draw all people to myself. And if, if Christ is truly present and active and real in the midst of your church or in the midst of your life, people are going to be drawn in a, in a real magnetic sort of way. But even yesterday, maybe it's the day before yesterday, I was praying and the Lord showed me something about that idea of the magnet effect. I had always pictured it just as draw, you know, drawing people to Jesus and drawing people to the Holy Spirit. But, you know, if you have two magnets that are opposite poles and you put them up next to each other, magnets can repel too. And Jesus did repel a lot of people. He, he, he repelled those with a religious spirit. You know, he repelled the, the Pharisees. He repelled the people who, you know, couldn't accept him as the source and, and, you know, the bridge to friendship with God. We've seen five people born again on the streets in the past two weeks with our outreach ministry. Um, we've seen people healed, undeniable healing of a back pain instantly. I, do we go around saying strange things or acting strange or even using charismatic terminology? No, I, I, it's not that at all. I th- here's what I'm trying to say. I think a lot of people, even in your stream, Matt, would be way more open to a life of power if they could understand that maybe there's some presuppositions going on. And most of us interpret the scriptures through our own insecurities, doubts, um, moments where we didn't see God break through. If you just go to the scriptures and let them interpret you, you find yes. a person that sinners were drawn to, and you find that that people seem to operate in the supernatural on accident more than they did on purpose as they had proximity around him. Baby, let me ask you a question. Are, are there any comments coming in that Matt and I could jump into? Any questions from anybody? Um, no questions this morning, but a lot of agreement with the supernatural to some degree or superficial. People really yeah. were responding to that. Uh, when I say if my life is not supernatural to some degree, it's superficial, what do you hear me saying, Matt? Well, if there's not a supernatural connection with God, if there's not a, a supernatural presence of God in your midst that reveals He's real, then what are you doing? I mean, everything else you could you could have furnished by a club or a, you know some sort of group of people that just gets together and has a potluck. I mean, you know, what the church has to offer is the reality of God. And, and if God is present in his reality, there's going to be supernatural things happen. And uh, otherwise, you know, stay home. Don't, you know, just watch something you like on TV because um, the world is always going to be able, able to have better production values. The world's always going to be able to, you know, give you Disneyland uh, but Disneyland can't give you an encounter with God. Do you know, Matt, that I love to say all the time, there's three things that Jesus focused on in his ministry. He taught the kingdom. He healed the sick. He delivered people of demons. You can have a successful church in America and not do any of the three things that Jesus focused on. Right. For me, for me, I'm just, I don't care what it costs me. I go through lots of warfare I personally think because I do go hard after those three things. You can actually pastor a church and not have much warfare. You can pastor a church and grow it and not even need God. You oh, yeah. can with the, with money, with marketing, 
specifically if you find someone with an incredible teaching gift. Uh, what I've noticed in the Church of America is what we do is we put someone with an incredible teaching gift, put them on stage and rotate the entire church around that teaching gift. And if you're not careful, you're going to get later in life and realize, I'm not so sure we've done it the way Jesus would do it if he were here. I'm going to ask you a question. If the Lord or Apostle Paul were to manifest and lead a church in the United States of America, what, what do you think the Lord would do? Yeah. Well, he would do what he did in scripture. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big chance he'd last about two Sundays. Uh, yes. The first Sunday people would give him a pass. And the next Sunday when he didn't let up, yep. they would say, what is he doing? Like this, you know, he's talking about this stuff, you know, that you just mentioned the kingdom and deliverance and, uh, all of those things. And, you know, when you were talking, it reminded me uh, another, I think thing that helped me really just be open to the power of God, uh, was a real sense of my own inadequacy. Uh, when I was coming out of that season, that was a real low season for me spiritually and emotionally and, and even physically, I just knew that if God didn't empower my ministry, I was never going to accomplish anything. Um, I wasn't a good enough teacher. I, I wasn't a good enough preacher, administrator. And, uh, you know, I knew it had to be the Lord or it wasn't going to happen. And, and so, you know, I would say for those people who feel inadequate, man, that is your qualification to walk in friendship and power with God is knowing your own inadequacy. It, you know, even the prayers I see answered in supernatural ways, people who find healing from you know, cancer or seizures, things like that. I mean, those are just a couple small examples. The prayer's not fancy. It's like, Lord Jesus, come heal this person. It, it's unbelievable because it's nothing I manufacture. It's nothing that uh, I say a magic word. It is bringing people into connection with Jesus who's alive and real. And the same thing's true if it's deliverance, inner healing, all of that is just, you know, me and my inadequacy putting people into connection with the reality of Jesus. I taught a class at Ascent, which is our uh, three-year discipleship school here on campus, and we have uh, also online. I taught this morning on dream interpretation, and you, you brought the word humility up twice. We started the class off looking at Joseph with basically Joseph says that dream interpretation belongs to God. What he's getting that at there is Joseph's not admitting that he can interpret the dreams, but God can. So give me the dreams and I'll ask God and he'll show me. I think yeah. that the number one thing that it's going to take, this even trumps hunger, is a leader like yourself, lead pastor of a Methodist church, humbling yourself before God saying, not only can I not pull this off, but I'm not, I don't even know how to walk in the supernatural. When you get low and you say, God, I'm just little me, but you can use me, God will hit you. I was in Israel a year and yeah. a half ago, and we, we ate lunch in Jericho. And the Holy Spirit was talking to me how, how I was in the lowest elevated city in the world. And you think about it, it's the first city that God wanted when they came out of uh, all those battles with Joshua. There is something about humility that God really, really likes. And um, yeah. I, I give you, this is the cheat code that God's shown me. When you start walking in power, uh, a lot of people will throw the arrogant um, arrows at mm. you. And typically, yep. whatever we're being accused of is what the person is who is accusing us is what they actually walk in. There, if you get in the supernatural, it's going to scare the devil to death, and he'll start attacking your church. Someone called me yesterday, Matt, or actually texted me. 
a friend of mine and said, hey, I'm going through an unusual amount of warfare. What are your thoughts on this? And I said, flies and maggots are drawn to the light. Yeah. Uh, in Jesus's life, the demonic actually were drawn to him. Do not yeah. torture us. Have you seen, we'll close here, have you seen as you've walked in a higher level of power, are you noticing a correlation of a higher level of demonic activity coming against you? Yeah, I would say I see that in, any, in anyone who, who walks in this. Um, there's going to be accusations. There are going to be people who think it's made up. There's going to be people who distance themselves from it. Um, you know, there's going to be, you know, I, I see it when people start to walk in this, you know, just a season of inexplicable rough patches that, you know, you know, it's the enemy who's coming against it. And so, yeah, absolutely. I see those kind of things. And, and I think if you frame it in the way that you understand that, um, you know, Jesus doesn't just attract people. Uh, he also repels some and he also, yeah, he does. You know, like you said, light draws um, flies and uh, the enemy will leave you alone if you're not walking in friendship with God because you're already his. And so, you know, when you start, that's just going to be part of it. And it should be encouraging to you because uh, it's confirmation of God's presence and power in your life. I told God early on, I want to live so close to him in friendship that I bothered the enemy every single day of my life. I want to be the type of person when I wake up in the morning, the enemy's still depressed that I'm still alive. Why don't you yeah. speak a blessing, Matt, just over the Bible Belt, specifically at pastors of cessationist streams? Speak a yeah. Father's blessing that the lead pastors would wake up and move towards John fourteen twelve. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, I, I just speak this blessing over those of you who are pastors and uh, maybe those of you who have been hungry for the Lord, but uh, you've had a fear that all of what Jesus walked in has ceased on the earth. I, I just speak a, a blessing of God's power and presence to you and uh, release uh, a hunger and a humility into you that you would receive uh, a new filling of the Holy Spirit that would uh, just encourage you to, to walk in the high calling and authority that God has given you. And I pray that you would see things that you've been longing to see and that you maybe thought you never would see. And maybe some of you are about to give up on ministry and, and you've, you've reached the end of your own power and strength and you realize how inadequate you are. I, I just pray that the Lord would pour out his own ad adequacy over you, that he would invest his authority in you and you would begin to see uh, just the biblical normal come alive in your life in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for being a part of coaching Joe today, Matt. And I got a feeling that God's intention for coaching Joe is to reach a lot of mats. Do me a favor and go back on Goodreads and, and give me a better report of my book seven years ago. <laughs> I will do it. But, Thanks, uh, seriously, uh, bless you and bless your church. Thank you for being on here today. You bet. Thanks for joining us on Coach and Joe, a YouTube talk show and podcast that helps you walk in genuine friendship it, with Matt. God. Check out coachandjoe.com for epic merch, weekly blog, to help yeah. keep us up and hey, running. We'll see you next time on Coach and Joe.